Okay, stand by here, everybody. We're about to go live on all links. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this most influential sports talk show in the country. Have to always remind you of that. I'm Robert Butler. Going to talk about the NFL draft, the Giants situation. Man, they are constantly moving and shifting pieces. Players wanting to be moved. Uh, but the good news is they do have two players in the top ten. Talk a little bit of the NFL draft in general. Kyler Murray, this, this news about him coming out this past week. I have a suggestion for a guy that's often injured for the Arizona Cardinals. Crazy, probably won't go through, but I'll say it anyways. And uh, let's see, an incident, and nothing happened. Mike Tyson was in an incident on an airplane last week, and no, no charges filed or anything. Got a few comments on that. But first, the good and the bad with the NBA. Okay, the NBA is, you know, I first of all, when I first started watching the playoffs this past weekend, I wanted to take a big Amber Heard dump on the NBA like uh, she did on Johnny Depp's bed, okay? But I did not do that because I was reading. I did not want to go there. I'll, I'll give you some bad. There's some bad there. But also, I got to thinking, and I was looking at FanDuel. I was looking at FanDuel's top uh, current updated odds betting to win the NBA championship. And then I had a good feeling about there are some positives to say about the state of the National Basketball Association today. And that is, here is the current updated odds to win the championship. I'm really surprised, actually, by these. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, plus 290. Boston Celtics. Phoenix Suns is still third. Uh, over Miami, Milwaukee, and then Memphis. Not too sure about Memphis. Looks like they're losing tonight. Then you got Philadelphia. They're actually below uh, Memphis, Dallas, and Philadelphia. What do all these teams have in common? Okay, particularly the first, the first five. Golden State, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson. Who's this other guy, Looney or whatever? All homegrown players. Even if you take into Durant stuff, the, the majority of this team was drafted, developed, drafted, developed. Boston. Look at Boston. Boston is, is, is the number one defense in the league. Uh, tenth in assist. Jalen Brown, Tatum. Homegrown guys. Marcus Smart. Drafted, developed. Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Look at look at look at the uh, the, uh, the the loss that that Phoenix is feeling from Booker over over a guy that's not homegrown. DeAndre Ayton, Booker, the two main pieces here, and of course they took in the veteran free agent, but the the core of that team is is a homegrown drafted development. Miami, the majority of that team drafted. Development, Bam, uh, Bam, Tyler Hero, Richardson. You know they threw in a free agent after that. 
And of course, Milwaukee. Milwaukee probably still should be the favorites. You know, drafted development, and they're they're below them. And of course, Memphis below them. We we saw John Morant. The old school way still works. And look at the past few champions. Milwaukee, Giannis, drafted by Milwaukee primarily. Okay. That's their prime, their their big their star. Uh who who won before that? Other than LeBron and the uh uh bubble year, Toronto, then back to Golden State. Okay. So it, it that's the good. That is that is the good that and you look at the team drafted, developed, fundamentally sound, uh with the passes. Uh, 10th and assist, that's Boston. They beat, put together, forced out of town uh, through James Harding, through uh, Kyrie Irving, one free agent signing when Kevin Durant, they, that throw-together team there, they beat them in four straight games. And the bad side is it looks like that team wasn't even playing that hard. Poorly coached, uh, too big a job for Steve Nash to look at it going into that game, you know. And then you've got a player now who hasn't even played a a, 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 a minute this year. And Ben Simmons and Reggie Miller goes off on him. First it's mental health, then it's the back, then it's then it's back to mental health. Didn't been playing that trade. And just said lack of team production there. And now Kyrie Irving wants a $250 million. Uh, there's a rumor that he may be getting a $250 million extension. He's got a player option. Why would you want to extend this guy? One of the most unreliable, no defensive playing, 30-year-old turning player there. So that's the bad. The Chicago Bulls on the weekend getting beat at home with the team minus uh, a, a significant role player in Chris Middleton, Milwaukee, at home, Chicago, coached by Billy Donovan, I mind you, uh, beat 20-plus points in both games. 20-plus points. Total just uh, giving up, playing like it's a preseason game, uh Vukovic, seven foot tall, playing 30 feet from the rim. So that's the bad. That's the bad. The lack of sense of urgency. You got a player in Ben Simmons who's got paid for a, a, a we don't know why he's really out. Uh, had gotten paid a whole year for nothing. You got one of the best players in the league. Finally played hard. It looks like. I want to credit defense to the Boston, but he finally looks like he halfway plays hard in the game four of a sweep. You got two top, uh, Durant was arguably a top three player in the league. Some would say number one. I, I often thought of him as the number one throughout the last three years, you know, depending on what game he's playing. And you have a top 10 player and you can't win a game. In the playoffs, are you kidding me? The lack of sense of urgency there, you know. So, and and this is such evident of this. 
of this nonchalant play that we have here in the NBA now that even the most anti, most pro-player TV personality out there, Stephen A. Smith, of all people, said that the next collective bargaining agreement, the owners are probably going to push a pay-for-play type of contract, a non-guaranteed contract. I've never in a million years have thought the NBA, that he would actually, those words would come out of his mouth because the product is so bad with these players that someone like Stephen A. Smith would say, maybe they need to push for that, insinuating that. So that's what I've been saying the last few weeks leading up to this. Uh, I used to watch a lot of NBA throughout the regular season. Then it started, like everybody, around Christmas time. Then I started just monitoring just before the All-Star break. Just after. Then it started a few games before playoffs. Then it's just playoffs because it's getting less, like baseball, getting less and less interesting because you have five players only play 82 games this past year. You have a Ben Simmons who's, you know, given 23 reasons why he's not playing because his ego's bruised because he got booed last year in the playoffs, six foot 10, you know, and I'm, and I'm a big advocate for uh, mental health. I've talked about sports psychologists. Uh, John Smokes went to a sports psychologist. Uh, Alex Rodriguez went to a sports psychologist. If I hadn't had some issues, I would go to a sports say if I was a sports guy. If I uh and not even non-sports people, right? But so I'm glad that other people are seeing what I and everybody else is seeing and stop ignoring this problem with the NBA. You know? But it, it's uh the the Bulls. And, and, and the Nets, the Nets are one of the most disappointing teams. The Nets were actually favored to win the finals at one point when that when that came in. You know, incentive baseball, base, incentive based basketball. The owners should, yeah, Pickles not not necessarily a big owners pro owner. Pickles says the owners should. Nets management is a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah, and, and then you got guys like Jason. Hey, hey, Jason Whitlam might have been Colin Coward said that uh, that uh, Durant should go to the ownership. I said no. Well, you know, get a real general manager. Get uh, St- Steve Nash is over his head. Go after um, who was this other guy? Go after Frank Vogel or somebody. You know, go after Frank Vogel. But. The opposite of what's winning, of what's winning, you look at Boston. Hired a former uh, San Antonio Spurs assistant uh, to, to be the head coach. Ami Udaka, probably butchering that guy's name. He was a seven-year assistant under the Spurs. Best defense in the league, 10th and assist, drafted players. So that's the way it should be done. And that's what needs to be pushed and pay for play needs to be pushed. Non-guaranteed contracts need to be pushed. 
And if you have to have a lockout to do it, have a lockout. Don't let people like Kyrie Irving run your league. I've been saying this and saying this and saying this. And that's for the overall good of your league. Get actual grown-ups in the league three years out of college, three years out of high school. You can go play pro. You can play overseas. Put together another. But you cannot come in this league before three years. Be mature. Play the games that's in front of you. Uh, you know, abide by your contract and act like you give a crap. If you pay for play, bonuses should be added to teams who win. Bonuses should be added for that. But I'm glad bigger voices than mine are finally coming out and saying this. That being said, again, look at look at the teams that are favored to win. You just can't cheat. You just can't cheat the system too long. Golden State, homegrown. Boston, homegrown. Really long wait. Phoenix, Miami, Milwaukee. That's your top five favorites right now. Homegrown talent all throughout. Organic, uh, respectful coaching. Other than Steve Kerr, sometimes he can have some run-ins with Draymond Green. Look at Monty Williams. You look at the Miami coach, uh, Milwaukee. Budenheiser's been on a hot, but his his star respects the team. His star, Giannis, when he's not hitting his jump shot, he's going to the rim. I saw a lot of that. And Chicago just sitting around playing their big man 30 feet from the basket. I saw that too. Maybe Billy Donovan's not cut out for the NBA. Maybe he should go back to college. Kentucky would love to have him, you know. But that's the good news. That that is that that is the positive of this game. So I said Bleacher Report says Ben Simmons tells Nets leadership that a mental block got him to play, creating stress and triggered a point in his back issues. I mean, just. He's just making it up as he goes along. Nets players and coaches, what Bleacher Report says, wanted Simmons to show resolve and play in the series, even if it were limited minutes. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Spot Track says the Nets are, um, they got $63 million in cap space. The free agents are Bruce Brown, Gordon Dragic, Lamar Aldridge, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and a player option for Kyrie Irving. I wouldn't pay Kyrie Irving 63 cents. I'd rather lose for seven years and be awful than pay a guy like Kyrie Irving. No defense, plays when he wants to play, uh, not reliable on each team he's been on. It's just, and it is what it is. He needs to be on a team with strong leadership, and he he's got to the point where he's real close to Russell Westbrook's status where he he's really just a sixth man. You can't depend on this guy to do anything right. So that is what I have to say about that. That's all my NBA take uh, other than uh, I know Miami has got some issues right now. Miami, uh, Boston's doing really well. Milwaukee. Uh seemed like they got their act together. Uh, 
uh, Golden State again. I mean, they got their best player. One of their best players is coming off the bench because he's selfless like that, Steph Curry. You know, so kudos to them. Now, anyways, all right, football, NFL. How important is the draft? Uh, people ask me, and I, I made this, I've made this comment before, but I had to re, retract what I'm going to say. That one player, offense or defense, in the draft can change your season. One player can change your very next season. And for instance, Look, look at what Joe Burrow done. Joe Burrow gets drafted to a laughingstock team. It's been in, I think there were twice. They were in the Super Bowl in 1989. We're talking 30 years ago. They, they don't even have an indoor facility in Cincinnati. Now they're building one. They have an 87-year-old owner, one of the cheapest guys in the league, Mike Brown, also the GM. But something about Joe Burrow, as soon as they drafted him, they extended A.J. Green at the time. Joe Mixon extended him. They never do that. Uh, drafted a, They had two other receivers last year that, they, that, that are really solid. A number one, Higgins, and then, of course, um, their slot guy, that uh, Boyd, Tyler Boyd. They had them, and, but, but, but their quarterback still wanted another target. Jamar Chase, so they went out and got him. And that one player takes you from the outhouse to the penthouse in two years. Super Bowl. One player did that, Pickles. One player for Cincinnati did that. You say, what about defense? Okay, what about defense? 2019 in April, this this. Thursday, three years ago, by the way, I'll be on the uh, Northeast Streaming Sports Channel uh, talking the NFL draft around 9 p.m. Central Time, Thursday, or whenever I get home. They got the number two pick, the 49ers. That number two pick was Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa took them for an average defense that you can throw on and, and somewhat run on, but really throw on to one of the best defenses in the league. Guy wins defensive rookie of the year, wins a Pro Bowl was his rookie year. You couldn't hardly run on him, and you could not hardly throw on him. If he did, you had to throw short. You had, you, had to, you had to get an extra blocker there. And they were about a player or two away from winning the Super Bowl. They went from pickles. Number two overall pick, that one player, one, Nick Bosa brought their defense up. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo helped. But Nick Bosa brought them from mediocre defense, some promise. They had a good running game because Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan had been there, to all the way to the Super Bowl and a few plays from winning it. I think about guys like Michael Parsons. The Dallas Cowboys in 2020 were historically bad defensively. I mean, they they were like 30 years bad defensively. Uh, I think they gave up well, almost 500 yards, Pickles, to, to Cleveland. 
in, in that game, in one game. They fired their defensive coordinator, and they got Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons was so good for them last year that not only was he being talked about as he's a runoff, just defensive player, the, all, the rookie of the year, people were talking about making him the, the NFL defensive player of the year and the defensive rookie of the year, something I've never heard of. Maybe Lawrence Taylor or somebody, or Derek Thomas may have got that. But that one guy, the number 10th pick from Penn State, which I said they should get, takes that defense there. They get to the playoffs, and they may have such sloppy coaching. They would have possibly got to the Super Bowl, could have won it. But, you know, you see guys like Andrew Luck. That's the biggest turnaround. Number one pick, worst team in the league, Peyton Manning's out. Andrew Luck takes team to the playoffs the very next year. 2006. April 2006. Uh, the Colts, they have a cap problem. They had to get rid of Edron James. Edron James. Really good player. Good running back. Still had plenty left in tank. He goes elsewhere. I think Arizona or something. You don't hear from him. They draft this running back out of LSU named Joseph Adai. That was a Joseph Adai was a big part. A big, big part with their safety play. And the, the uplifted of the defense. But he was a big part of them going to the Super Bowl and winning their first Super Bowl in 2007 in a rainstorm. So the, these players, this is a big deal. This is a very big deal in some cases. You know, one player can take you to places in one year that you haven't been before as an organization. So there is hope in the draft. There's never been more hope than Joe Burrow. That Joe Burrow story is just, and now they've got three offensive linemen. They could take the best player available, go out and get the best linebacker. They, they need help at linebacker. They need help at cornerback. But Cincinnati, building an indoor facility, Pickles, is, is one of the most uh Unique things I've ever seen from one player making that much of a difference. No wonder Stephen Ross wanted, allegedly, to uh, have uh, Brian Flores lose all the games because they would have had Joe Burrow. Think about if they would have had Joe Burrow. They had a better defense. They drafted better. You know, maybe Miami wins the Super Bowl, you know. Maybe they win the Super Bowl instead of Tua. But he was drafted, folks, in the same. Uh, he was drafted in, in, in the, the, the same draft as Tua. So, anyways, thoughts on the draft as a whole. I'll say this, that... There's a lot of talk about this number one pick. Uh, some were saying maybe it's the tackle, the left tackle out of NC State. Uh, they're saying it's the left tackle from um, Alabama, Neil. 
And now I'm starting to see this Aiden Hutchinson um, probably is going to be the guy I was looking at Jacksonville. Speaking of teams of number one picks. Now, this Cam Robertson, he's yet to sign his franchise tag. Now, if something happens with Cam Robertson, if he's traded, uh, then it's going to be uh, a Wonknu, I think is his name. A Kim uh, a uh, He He would be the... Um, Left tackle out of NC State. I, I do, or Icky, I want to. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to sign him and they're probably going to get Hutchison or Walker from Georgia. Uh, Walker can play anywhere, he's quick enough to play anywhere. But, you know, Jacksonville, I see them doing that. Now, the Giants, the Giants. Still haven't. They still haven't picked up the fear fear option. They've got a week to do so. And for Daniel Jones, now this is after. Now this is after. Um, after the owner and the off season. This is after the owner in the offseason said that, that Daniel Jones is the guy. And Adam Schefter puts out this morning. He says, by one week from the day, the Giants must decide whether to pick up the fifth-year option at quarterback Daniel Jones' contract that they would be expected to be worth $22.38 million. If the Giants decline the option, Giants will pay him this expiring season. So that goes to show you that they're still thinking about they're they're in the 11th hour of possibly drafting maybe Kenny Pickett with that number 4 uh 5 pick or Balik Willis now and you know I was telling people how bad this guy Gettleman was he was another Dave Gettleman not to beat a dead horse but I was looking at well, this guy, Warren Sharp, in the news the same week that Cordarius Tony is requesting to be traded after one year with, with the Giants. They're speedy wide receiver. They got a lot of money tied up wide receivers and nobody to throw it to them. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. This because he looked like Eli Manning. He played for Eli Manning's offense corner. Don't make him Eli Manning. What that guy say in the debate? He said, I, I, I knew JF, JFK. You look like JFK. You talk like you're not JFK. Something of that nature. Warren Sharp, uh, football, uh, NFL uh, expert or whatever, he puts this out. He said, no team had more first-round draft capital in 2018 than the Giants. He said, here's who Dave Gettleman used. Saquon Barkley hurt. Daniel Jones had picked up the fifth-year option. Uh, DeAndre Baker's been cut. And Kadarius Toney uh, is wanting to be traded. And the other picks were Andrew Thomas, I hear he's developing, and Dexter Lawrence. But th that's the kind of duds that this guy has had, you know. And that's why that it's probably going to be longer for the Giants to get out of this thing. Uh, Tony 
they may have to trade him for a fifth or sixth. He may be a, a, a steal for somebody, you know, maybe a Tennessee, maybe a New England, somebody of that nature, maybe trade across town. They may not trade to the Jets because then they have to hear about it on the local sports talk radio. Maybe Green Bay goes after Kadarius Tony. But that just goes to show you the level of just unbelievable. But now, hey, look, they've got a new general manager now. You got those two. Uh, you got two in the top ten, I want to say. Two, two picks in the top ten. Uh, and you all just heard about what, what I just said. Now, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. But the draft can really work out. And uh, Mel Kuyper was saying that that now that um, he's he's got three quarterbacks in 2023 that are going to be high prospects because this is not a really particular good quarterback draft. Now, he's good at finding stuff out like that. He said Josh Allen was going to be great, and that wasn't the case, or, or that turned out to be the case when others were saying people like Baker May. Dave Gettleman said Baker Mayfield was the best player in that draft by far. And that particular draft had uh, Lamar Jackson. That draft had uh, Josh Allen, you know. And he takes Saquon Barkley. No thank you. Let me change out my, my stuff here. Okay, let's see what other notes we got here on the horizon. Daniel Jones, Reggie Miller, Cam Robertson. Uh, another news, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray uh, taking down all his social media stuff. Now the organization said we're probably going to keep Murray. Uh, possibility him being traded. Let me tell you this about Kyler Murray. Uh, Murray has been hurt every year. What people don't understand is he's actually missed games this last year, but he's been hurt since the time he was drafted there in this system. And I think he's just in the shotgun too much. I think they run the ball out of the shotgun too much. Their, their running backs get hurt more because they get uh, injured because they don't get any momentum. And that offense and that team, they start off really good. Remember, he won rookie of the year. And then they go downhill as the season goes because it, it's too much about speed and finesse rather than uh, power running and balance. It's it, 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 it that offense always starts off good, and then as the season goes along, not just this past season, every season that he's been there with Cliff Kingsbury with this offense, he's undersized. I get that. Now, I do think he can play in the league. I think that people teams have put there's been too much of a um overcorrection because of his size. Doug Flutie made it in this league. Very short player, but quick, uh, nifty, uh, 
elusive player. This is what I would do. If I'm now remember Kingsbury can run a similar type of system that Sean McVay runs. And Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl with LA. I would try to, I, this is what I would do. I'd ask Detroit. They got a $31 million cap hit coming from Jared Goff. So we'll give you Kyler Murray. You give us Jared Goff, that second overall pick. And next year's next year's first round pick, when you got more quarterbacks, hear me out here. And we'll send Kyler Murray over there. You put him with that pro-style offense, a team that beat them, by the way, Detroit. They beat them in the regular season. This St. Brown guy, that offensive line, that traditional running game, that pro-style offense, you can you can put in a little bit of extra, uh, a little spread in with that if you wanted to, for some more shotgun plays. Send him to Detroit. And then Arizona takes that two-pick. He can replace Chandler Jones with that two-pick. Get a Thibodeau or a Walker whichever one you got higher on your draft board, you know, maybe get Detroit to take a little bit of that money off that $31 million, maybe 5 to $7 million, make it the 25s of, of golf's contract. You've got that two pick. You've got golf, okay? you got next year's one pick. And if golf, if he don't work out with this system, Kingsbury's been extended. The general manager, Klein, has been extended. You can send, you can cut him. You don't even have to trade the guy. You can cut him and package that pick up with your pick 23, go after another quarterback. And that would, Detroit is struggling. That would explode Detroit on the scene, putting Murray there, protecting Murray. They can extend Murray. He's still in his fourth year, but they can extend him, get their fan base energized. They got a pretty good team, got a left tackle. I think Suell's going to be great. You know, they're not going to take a left tackle with that two pick. You know, they don't need a left tackle. But but that is something that, that I would possibly look into. Sounds crazy. Sounds crazy. You're Kyler Murray. People are like, Garrett Goff, boy, he sucks. Well, he can be a bridge quarterback. He could be a bridge quarterback. And then you could try again in 2023. Kyler Murray in this system has gotten hurt every single year. Watch his play. He's missed games this year. But even that rookie year, you can tell by his lack of movement in the pocket that he's been hurt every year. That's why they haven't not extended him already. And this system is going to get him hurt. Yeah, this this St. Brown Anon, second-year player, 90 catches for Detroit. TJ Hawkinson, one of the better young tight ends. DeAndre Swift. You know, you got your running game there. You're going against a, a declining uh, NFC North and Green Bay team. Speaking of Green Bay, 
uh, they're interested in trading for 30-year-old Darren Waller. Now, he's 30. He's not 34. Uh, I don't know why the Raiders would want to do that. The fact that you've got him spread in the middle of your field, and then you've got a... Jeez, uh, what's a quarter of the guy is Devontae Adams blowing the top off. You got a true slot. So I don't know why they want to do that other than him being 30 and he was injured last year. And maybe you give one of those picks back. He's like a $5 million. Uh, he is a $5 million cap hit. Now, Green Bay, yeah, if you give up a second round pick, maybe and probably ask for a future third, what Raiders may do, uh, that would be the most athletic tight end since that uh, Aaron Rodgers has played with since Jermichael Finley. It would be great for Green Bay. Robert Tanya's coming back from ACL. But yeah, his exact cap hit is $6.8 million. I don't see the Raiders doing it. And even Derek Carr made a tweet about it. Uh, Colin Cow, I'll give him credit. He he says that the management management is is making this look like um, management for Green Bay is trying to send this message to Rogers that they're trying to do everything they can to pump up this roster. They got Sammy Watkins, a guy that's hurt all the time. Uh, their number two, they've got their number two receiver there from last year. I can't remember his name. That's how bad that was. Uh, they got rid of Devontae Adams. Uh, Valdez Scandling is with the Kansas City Chiefs now. Uh, Amari Rogers is a second year player. Now, I mean, he might have a breakout year, second year player out of Clemson. Now, if Rogers gets in there and puts a work in, he might break out this year. They got two first rounds, two second rounds. I would just draft players. I would draft maybe a re- they haven't drafted a receiver since like 2007 in the first round. Javon Walker, remember him? Pickles. You, uh, let him go in free agent. He went to the Raiders. Got a, got, as soon as he got his big contract, he got jumped in, in Vegas. I think his name is Javon Walker. But they haven't drafted a, 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 a wide receiver in the first round. They'll probably do it this year. Now, there, there's a receiver. I've talked about this. Maybe the Titans could get him. But um, there's a tight end out of Colorado State that maybe they can get there. I don't think Green Bay really wants to do it. They just pro- – he's probably right about that. He, they really just want to send that signal – to Rodgers that they're doing everything they can put more skilled players around him. Not to mention the fact that he's, um, you know, wanting all the money and he wasn't that close in air quotes as he led us to believe with Devontae Adams. It's a food for thought. It'd be great for Green Bay, but I just don't know why the Raiders want to do it. I really don't. Okay. Where should we go at next? And remember I talked about 
these leagues, uh, the NFL, and the streaming, the future of the league and everything. And that's what, and I was talking about the Twitter and everything with uh, the Twitter influencing your, your ESPNs of the world uh, through their fake algorithms, which that's all going to come to an end, thank God, to Elon Musk. It's just going to be all authentic free speech on there. But but my point was that these these leagues now are starting to stream. They're going to go to streaming. Uh, Amazon's already got some stuff going with, with the NFL. And... The leagues eventually, my prediction is you'll be able to get the, the, the stream directly from the leagues. You, you'll be able to just buy a service with the NFL, and you can just get all NFL all the time. You'll get the NFL network streamed to your phone. You'll get the all the games streamed to your phone or your TV. I think that'll be – and what that what that they'll do is that'll cut off all those commercials, you know. Now, there's a story today – or this was last week, Pickles – the sports business journal that Netflix. Uh, this writer says uh, analysts suggest Netflix needs the sports to survive because it's the only thing we can't record. I don't really like to record my games and fast forward. I do sometimes record it, but everything else we like to record. It's the only way to really sell live. It's only really way to generate revenue is live sporting events and this john oran this writer says netflix is doomed to fail unless it starts to add live sports that's one to view at least two influential analysts who say streaming services need to figure out sports strategy if one wants to rebound from its recent spat of bad financials during a netflix quarterly meetings call last week ceo Ted Zerto said that the company won't invest in sports unless he sees a path to grow a big revenue stream and a great profit stream from it. Now, of course, there's going to be bidding wars. Sports will be a money loser, but it breaks through the clutter in a, an incredibly cluttered world, Nathan says. I think Netflix has to do it. So Netflix has lost 35% of its stock one day. Um, but that, that's what I predicted is going to happen. I, I think it's going to, that's what's, uh, that, I think that's what's, and then it's, some of it say, well, it's unfortunate, but you, you keep narratives, uh, like for instance, if sports does something that really ticks people off, see, like these networks, they sign these contracts way ahead of time to air these games. So if you want to push your woke agenda down my throat, whatever that agenda is, any kind of political agenda as a player, and you do it on like a Sunday night game. Say, for instance, if Netflix or Amazon is airing the game and they lose 35% subscribers, if they deactivate their account that next night, that will stop all that. That will stop all the lectures immediately. But if you do it like something during the Super Bowl, everything's already prepaid for. The executives, and that, uh, there'll be a complaint, but they'll figure the, the public will forget about it, and we'll do it again next year. 
or we'll, we'll do something different. But if it's Alan Lazard, yeah, I was looking at you. I was looking at your comment, Pickles. Alan Lazard's the second receiver for Green Bay. So if you try to push some nonsense on us with it streaming and you lose everybody like that, then that gets people's attention. That we're here just to watch the game and not to be lectured to about some 50-cent BS. If we want to get lectured to it, we'll go to the lecture hall, okay? If you want to get lectured in politics, we'll sign up for your political course. You're not going to sign me up for something. So that's the good part about possibly streaming. Now, I know it's a pain in the butt. Some of the old-timers don't like it. I don't like to deal with it, but, hey, that's life. I didn't like to deal with a stick shift, but I learned how to drive it, you know. Uh I didn't like to pay more for a car that was a hybrid last year, but I learned how to deal with it. You know, it's a lot of stuff we don't like to do, but that that was interesting story. Netflix of all people, they got some good program. They're redoing Seinfeld. I've been watching a lot of old Seinfeld, so it's not um, completely out of the rim. So I wonder, uh, did Memphis win this game or what? Yeah. Okay. Pickles is what is uh, trying to see because Memphis was losing by nine. Since I'm doing a program live here, uh, if they came back and won that game, that is another big win for Memphis again with the homegrown team there. Um, one one oh nine to one eleven one oh nine. I mean that is just unbelievable. Morant's last second layup gives. Get the three-two league. Now that is probably going to lead Sports Center. You know, uh, they were down by nine points. Uh, they were down the majority, and they were down at halftime in this game. See, they're still learning. They're a very young team, Memphis. Other than, uh, other than Stephen Adams, these guys are just young. I mean, through two, three, four years in a league, and now that they have won. They've done it the right way, though. It's the number two pick. Uh, you've got a lot of role players, and, and that's the way it should be. That's not just a bunch of players saying, trade me, I'm not happy. Force their way out of town. Force out of their contract. Come together. Don't let the coach coach. Don't let the general manager. And, and then want to lecture you about some kind of social justice cause, and then want you to pay them. No. Let the coaches coach, players play, general managers, managers, owners own, fans be fans, be respectful towards the players. They're human beings. And and then, then that's what happens. So so kudos to Memphis. Man, that was a great comeback there. It was, wow. You know, the way Vern Lenquist would say. Okay. Uh Mike Tyson. Okay. Very old school flashback here. Uh, TMZ last week, a lot of us seen a video. Guy on the JetBlue airline is, and I've seen all the, the multiple videos of this. I don't know if he was drunk or not. It didn't say, but I did see the video of him kind of hassling Mike Tyson about an, air, about an autograph or something. And it looked like, from what I could see, on this flight going from San Francisco to Miami. What a flight. Man, what a long flight, Pickles. From San Francisco to Miami, it's got, uh, and I don't know if this is pre-boarding or getting off or whatever, 
But this guy's hassling Mike Tyson. I don't think he, Tyson's not saying that, totally ignoring him. You know, what it, Tyson should have done was this guy to store to say, hey, get this guy off here, okay? Get him out of here. I've got a headache. I don't want to hear it. I don't know him. He needs to leave me to bleep alone. Uh, but that didn't happen. Tyson flips out, hits the guy in the face a couple times, scars him up, cuts his face up, and then the guy stops. And um, Tyson is next seen in Miami with Ric Flair, uh, the wrestler, doing some kind of cannabis event. And then he is um, with Rick Ross, the rapper. Uh, the police were called, but no, nobody was arrested and no reports been found. This is what I have an issue with. This is like almost a week ago. I think it's happened Thursday. And JetBlue has said nothing about this. Nothing. Now, if it's me or you, Pickles, we're probably got through a water bottle. Yeah. Probably getting arrested for that. Why, if that guy is that disorderly, the person that's bothering Tyson, if he's that disorderly, why isn't he charged with disorderly conduct and Tyson charged with an assault? See, that's where it kills me about these. And I love Tyson. He's my favorite fighter to watch. I know he's not the best. I think Ali's the best. But he was my favorite fighter to watch growing up. I emulated him when I did with bullies. Use my leverage because he was smaller. Uh, liked, liked a lot about Tyson. Really liked Tyson. Saw a lot of myself in Tyson. I was bullied the way he was. Couldn't fight that good, but uh, understand why Tyson does Mike Tyson things. You know, like Chris Rock said, the Tiger didn't go crazy. Tiger went Tiger. Tyson went Tyson. But I, my thing is, why does the rules for the elitist uh, apply, but it don't apply for everybody Everybody else. Everybody else gets arrested. Everybody else gets made an example out of. So I'm not going to fly with JetBlue. I'll go Southwest, Delta, but JetBlue should have been, you know, that guy should have been thrown off. And Tyson, as much as I like Tyson, that is assault, man. You know, you can't just bust people up. You know, you, you just... You, you, there's not rules for thee, not for me. Tyson should have said, hey, look, get this guy off here. And they didn't do nothing. But I didn't see that part. Nobody said that part happened where he asked the guy to get off. But it just seems like that, that there should be more done. So that type of behavior, and I understand the environment we're in. There's been, a, I, I really, I, I, you know, I want to have to fly, I'm applying for jobs and stuff and, uh, consider moving maybe to Tampa area and I'm gonna have to fly again. I don't want to deal with all that, but I understand that these, these airlines are shorthanded and with all this, uh, there's been issues with people fighting over the mask and all that. We've had more incidents at airlines and airports probably than the history of the world in the last two years since this COVID stuff, people's, their patients are thin and there's been a lot of incidents and I don't know if they're shorthanded or what, but I will say this. That's a bad, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm more complaining about the way JetBlue handled this than I did for the crazy guy that's bothering Mike Tyson 
and for Mike Tyson losing his cool, if that makes any sense. You know, and yeah, Pickle said, if, if you if there's a start to the airline, she's going to jail. Yes, people have to be made example out of. You know, I've seen brawls over the last two years in, in airports. And people are not going to jail. You have to set the example to make airlines safe again. These airlines and airports are starting to look like bus stations in the 80s and 90s. Greyhounds. You know, parents were divorced, man. I, I took two, two bus rides. And the first one, I thought it was a nightmare. And then I got on the second one. I said, okay, I'll just fly or I just won't go visit my mom or dad. I won't do it no more. Too many drunk people on my arm. Uh, too many people bumming money from me. The bus slides like twice as long as it would be in a car ride. And you stop everywhere. And now the airports are getting like that. You know, airports need to tighten up. These airlines need to. JetBlue, what are you doing, man? What are you guys doing out there? You know? I just think it's just one of those things where that that they that something should be done. I don't want to see if I can get this. Uh, speaking of Tyson, the guy was named after Mike Tyson. Supposedly fought his last fight. He had a fight over the weekend. I don't memorize this guy's name, but uh, Tyson Fury, he defended his belt the other day. By the way, uh, winning time with HBO, great, great series. It is, it is dra- over-dramatized. It's really ticked off Jerry West, and he says the series made us look like a, a cartoon character. They belittled something good. If I have to do, I will take it all into the Supreme Court. So Jerry West is ticked off, almost like the character in the show. And HBO says we have a long history of producing compelling content. We we fictionalize and in part for dramatic purposes. So in other words, HBO's not he he's gonna possibly take HBO to uh court over this stuff and uh he's gonna take he says if I had to take it to the Supreme Court I will. Little side note, but uh, Tyson Fury had a good line about people defining you. And that's what I want to end the program on. If I can find this soundbite, because he, he really came a long way. God was named after Mike Tyson. You know, his dad was a big Mike Tyson fan. And if I can find it, I'm going to play it. And in the program Thursday, I'll be on the Northeast streaming uh, YouTube channel there at around, um, let's see, uh, be around um, 9 p.m. Central time. We'll talk about the draft and everything. This is Tyson Fury after defending his, hitting at retirement, by the way, has officially retired after his uh, bout division over this guy I've never heard of. Either way, good fight. Handled himself, knocked the scout, and I think a seventh round. Ninety-four thousand in Wembley, the biggest crowd ever in this in this country, in Europe. Um, you know, people don't doubt me; they love me in this country, and I love them. 
94,000 of my fellow countrymen and women packed in here tonight, spent their hard-earned money on tickets. And, and I, I am um, I'm overwhelmed with the support of that. You know, 10 years ago, I, I couldn't sell 10,000 tickets. Even when I went to, to Germany, I was the underdog to fight Klitschko in his own town. I was like, I've always been the opponent. I've been on the road fighter. Paul Klitschko, the guy that's defending Ukraine, one of the brothers. Send the big Jippo in. You did. And he goes to Germany, beats Vlad, goes to America as an opponent. I'm always in the away corner as well. And then it was about time I got my just deserves as the uh, the home fighter against Ochozora twice. Yeah. I was the away fighter. I've been the underdog my whole life. I'm still underdog. Look at me. I'm a fat as, I'm a fat as anything. But um, the old fat boy can fight. Um, and you know what it is? No matter how many times people put you down and write you off in life, never pay attention to it because it doesn't mean anything. Because I proved, as just a, a normal, normal-looking man, average Joe, that anything is possible, no matter where you are in your life, how dark of a place you're in. It doesn't get any darker than committing suicide. Now I was there um, to come back to to lose all that weight, to lose over 10 stone in weight and get back mentally well again and regain the crown jewels um, in boxing. It's been a fantastic career. And yeah, yeah, Tyson Fury. He's a real-life Rocky. Rocky was a fictional movie made from a real fighter. There was lawsuits made uh, from uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone about that against him. But the Tyson Fury story... Uh, be falling in a dark depression, gaining a whole lot of weight, losing the weight, redeeming himself, getting his confidence back, getting his swagger back, and then becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. He's a real-life Rocky story, you know? And he doesn't look like he has the best footwork for a guy who does not look like a champion than anybody ever seen. Only, body, only person close would be 94, George Foreman, what he beat. Michael Moore to win the heavyweight championship at 47 with the flab, the footwork. He's an amazing story. I know he's not an American guy and everything. He didn't become the star I thought he was going to be because he stayed He stayed in the U.K. But um, I don't hope you guys got to hear that. It was not the loudest soundbite I can get. But that was just a real good positive note to end the program on. Uh, if you like the show, share the show. Kudos to Memphis, by the way. Man, that, that was a great, again, great comeback there by, by Memphis. And uh, that's going to be a tough series there. It's still got three and two. They got to win one more. Got to win one more. And they're going to play the winner, and it's likely going to be Golden State in that Denver game. So that's going to be a good series. I think it's probably going to be Golden State now, Memphis, and both teams built the right way. Organically, I'm sure Golden State, even though they're going to be the road team, they'll probably be be favored there. So uh, if you guys can't see me there uh, on Mac and Jack and Jim's uh, NFL show, I'll also be on the regular Sunday show, but I'll be back here next Tuesday around 9 p.m. Central Time talk about my thoughts of the draft and where it's going. I was going to do a mock draft, but, you know, with Al Borges and everything, I just couldn't do it. So... Uh, that interview from last week, and I thank you for all your support for that. But have a good night, everybody. I will see you next Tuesday around 9 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope. Thank you, podcast.